the scenes with Smashville's favorite team. This is the Press Official Podcast with Darren McFarland and Kara Hammer. Now on 102.5 and 106.3 The Game and NashvillePredators.com. You can feel the excitement in the air as Kara's daughter just cheers right at the beginning of the Predators Official Podcast. Darren McFarland, Kara Hammer here with you. And you can just, that is the gauge of this fan base right there. Kara, that how is old good. is your daughter? Um, She's almost 11 months. Almost 11 months. And you could just feel the excitement right out of the gate. She couldn't even contain herself. Just she thinking couldn't. about she's this. She's learned to crawl and she's learned to stand. And so it's like we can do all the things all at one time. Oh, wait a minute. She's upright? She's upright. Uh-oh. Yeah. Game changer. <laughs> Game changer, like the Pred season. Started a little bit slow. <laughs> weren't sure how things were going to go. Bam, here we are. One point out of a playoff spot. Bam, the baby's walking. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so they were crawling, and now they're walking. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This has been so much fun. Uh, we're going to talk to Igor Afanasyev, uh in just a bit. The team is heading to Winnipeg to take on the Jets tomorrow night. What a final road trip in the regular season. Winnipeg and Calgary to close things out, Kara. Winnipeg is one point in front of them. Calgary is one point in front of them. Nashville has one game in hand. Also, Winnipeg one game in hand on Calgary. Winnipeg, uh, the Jets and the Preds both have four games remaining. The Flames have three. But what a monster road trip. Predators control, you know, they can they can control their own destiny knowing that they have to play Winnipeg next if they can beat them in regulation. And, oh, by the way, yes, no three-point games on this road trip. That would be, you know, that would be if I'm just being picky and, you know, just wanting the best case. No three-point games. Uh, they can control their own destiny and get in. But it is, it is a lot of fun. And, man. The way this team is playing to beat Vegas, to beat Carolina, shut them out last night. Who knows what's going to happen Saturday and Monday? So Saturday, Monday, two huge games. You look at the next four games, Darren, but let's also not jump ahead too much. But you look at Colorado. Kale McCarr is out indefinitely for Mm -hmm. the Avalanche. So if he is not playing, he obviously, we saw what he did against uh, the the Predators last year in, in the postseason. But, Darren, they have a chance against every single one of these teams. They absolutely do. And right now, the way the Central, the top three teams, it's pretty crazy. Colorado, Dallas, Minnesota just switching spots like every day. Every day you look at the standings, they've switched spots. They've just, they're playing musical chairs in those top three spots. It's just. I didn't think that we would be at this point where it's the first week of April and we're talking about the Preds being one point out of a playoff spot when the trade deadline happened. We don't have Matias Ekholm, no more Nino Niederreiter, no more Mikhail Granlin, no more Tanner Janot. They have a roster full of guys that every night we, we, we talk about it. We're looking at the lineup going, who are these guys? Where did they come from? And yet they're coming out, they're they're skating like crazy, they're playing so well, and they're playing inspiring, meaningful hockey. 
Johnny tweets at us. Johnny listens to the POP from Vancouver. He also listens to my radio show, and he's always a wealth of knowledge. He's a gigantic Predators fan, and he tweeted at us, and he said, here's a fun little fact. Talking about last night's shutout victory over Carolina and the sweep of the Hurricanes this season, because wasn't uh, the game in Raleigh the UC Soros standing on his head juggling fire what, 64 saves? Is that right? Was That that was yeah. that game, right? Mm-hmm. He said, and Johnny's always got good information. He said, it's the first time the Preds have swept the Hurricanes during the regular season since the 2015-16 season. How about wow. that? And it was wow. this team that did it. And Carolina is having a monster year. Carolina is the second best team in the East. Of course, everybody in hockey's behind the Bruins. And Carolina's next in line in the Eastern Conference, and they just got a season sweep of the Hurricanes. How much did your feelings of the team change when they went and beat that Boston team? That I mean, there's no doubt that got everybody's attention, right? Um, and that's it's the tough part, as you talked about when you brought up the youth, you know, because. It's so much fun when things are going well, but you also know you're just going to get, you know, the St. Louis game was awesome, right? The Boston game that you talked about, so much fun. Going to Boston, where hardly anybody has been able to beat the Bruins, forget trying to beat them at home, right? This That team is 32-4-3 and on the season at home, the Bruins. And one of those regulation losses is to the Predators, and the Preds win two to one and over the Bruins. And so, but then you also have what was it, you know, like the Rangers game, right? Where sometimes you get the highs and then you'll get a low because of this young team. But for the most part, really, there's been a lot of highs. The Dallas game was another low. But you know what I like about them? They're resilient. Right after the lows, they find a way to bounce back. That Rangers game. Remember, they had lost to Winnipeg in overtime here. They went next day, right, a back-to-back. They go to Madison Square Garden. They lose 7 nothing. the Rangers. How do they respond? At home, or they go to Buffalo, and they hang a seven spot on the Sabres and beat them 7-3, come at home and beat the, the Kraken 2-1. to one. It's, it's about the response, and the same thing with Dallas, right? They go down there, and they lose to Dallas 5-1 to one to start this week after a big win on Saturday afternoon, 6-1 to one over the Blues. So what was the response? Two huge wins over Vegas and Carolina. I saw something on uh, Twitter that it that really stuck out to me, Darren, and it was from a fan, and he said, as, as much as I'm looking at this team making the playoffs, I'm also thinking so much about what they can do in the, the 23-24 season. And I feel like this youth movement has also inspired the fan base to get on board. I mean, you think about what this team did and the players that we were become so accustomed to, right? You know, I, I go back and I think about Yossi and Ellis and Ekholm and those guys, and now everything has changed. But yet I feel like people are behind them more so than ever. Yeah, I don't really, because I've heard, I've, seen where a lot of fans I've, I've heard from fans that are talking about like how this has kind of changed their mentality and how now they're excited for next year. And that's great. Right. But that that's fantastic. But I don't want to lose sight of what's going on right in front of us. That 
That's my mentality because you know how it goes. Gary, you go through an off season and you have to reset and you start over. You don't know what next year holds, right? What the cards hold. And so I don't really want to jump ahead because they've got an opportunity right now. And if this team punches their ticket into the playoffs, when literally no one, it's going to feel a lot like the run to the Stanley Cup final. They were the last team in. No one gave them a chance. No one predicted them to beat Chicago in the first round. No one. And they went out there and they swept the Blackhawks. And, you know, the rest is history. And if this team gets in, it is going to be one of the more unbelievable stories in this market and in hockey because no one expected it. And once they get in, the way this team is playing, Kara, would you count them out? I wouldn't. No, I don't count them out against anybody. I mean, and right now they would have the nation's attention because they would be the greatest underdog story imaginable. Yeah. Everybody would be rooting for them. No doubt. Absolutely. So I want to stay in the moment. I can't wait to see how these final four games go. I can't wait to see what we're talking about on the next Predators official podcast next week. I can't wait to see if the barn is just going to be slammed on those final two home games because of what's at stake. I just want to stay in the moment and see if this team can go get wins in Winnipeg and Calgary and just have so much fun to close out the regular season and win games at home. And that would be even more part of this story, right? Can you imagine if they clinch at home, what the atmosphere will be like? It will be insane. And also, you know, you have to go back and and kind of think about, obviously it's a different team, different players, but just that rivalry that was there between Nashville and Winnipeg, I feel like that also plays in a little bit too. Like for me personally, I'm excited when I think about that. I went the, let's see, what was it? The next year after the run to the Stanley cup final. And I was with the team when they played Winnipeg in the second round. And of course the predators were the president's trophy winner, had the best record in all of hockey in the regular season. Winnipeg had the second best record. And of course They unfortunately had to meet in the second round. They were the two best teams in hockey in the regular season. And while I poke fun, and they're very nice people, it's a great crowd, but I just, I poked fun at, you know, I've always poked fun at it's cold and it's flat. (laughs) There's not much going on in Winnipeg, but they love their hockey. They love their Jets. It's an unbelievable atmosphere. It's a smaller barn. I think it holds, what, care about 15,000, I think. Something like that. It's on the smaller side of of rinks in the league. Maybe the smallest in the league. I think it is. Well, that actually, that's not true now that the Coyotes, right, with where they're playing. It's a, yeah. it's a smaller barn, but it's a great atmosphere. It really is. I'll have to take your word for it. I have not been to Winnipeg. And they, they like the Predators, the one that really did it, and imagine what they were doing in that second round the following year after the Predators got so much attention for the crowd's Outside of the arena, they started having big crowds outside of the arena too, and I'm just saying they may have, they may have copycatted what was going on in here in Nashville the year before because it got so much attention. All right, I think Igor Afanasyev is set to join us here in just a minute uh, as the team is heading to Winnipeg or to the airport to go to Winnipeg. Real quick, do you know what Monday was? Pretty interesting. Uh, it's a pretty important date in Predators history. Ten years ago. 
to this past Monday, April the 3rd. Do you know what happened in Predators? It changed this franchise. I, I know that there was a trade. And oh, if it yeah. was two days earlier on April Fool's Day, we'll know that one team definitely got fooled. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been something if that trade was on April Fool's? It was on April 3rd. It was when David Poyle traded Martin Erat and Michael Latta to Washington for one young 19-year-old former first-round pick, Philip Forsberg. Amazing. Isn't that amazing? Ten years. Changed the whole trajectory of the Predators franchise, and obviously we know nothing against Martin Erat, but it didn't work out for the Capitals. It did not. Mm. Ten right. years, Darren. I saw, and, I, and talk about how fast time has gone. I saw today, 30 years ago, the Sandlot was released. That oh, movie wow. is now older than the entire <laughs> Predators roster, excluding Ryan McDonough. What a great movie. What a great movie. 30 years ago, that's hard to believe. Hard to believe. All right, we'll come back and we will check in with Igor Afanasiev. We're looking forward to that. And we will do that next here on the Predators official podcast. Predators official podcast rolling along. Darren McFarland and Kara Hammer here with you. We promised you we would catch up with Igor Afanasyev. What a fun ride this has been. And hopefully it's not over anytime soon. And he's on his way to the airport, the final road trip of the regular season. And man, do they get any bigger, Igor, than Winnipeg and Calgary with you guys sitting one point out of the playoff race. By the way, welcome to the, to the POP. Thanks for doing this. Hello, hello, everyone. Yeah, thank you so much uh, for having me here. Yeah, man, it doesn't. I don't think it gets bigger than that. You know, I think uh, every game for us right now, just it's like playoff. You know, it's sudden death. It's the last game, and uh, every game we just treat it like step by step. And uh, you know, we we need we need those points uh, on the road. What a fun week these uh, last two. Last two games of Smashville have been. You you get division leaders. You get the best team in the West on Tuesday night. You have an exciting, thrilling finish over Vegas to get the win. And following up last night with a shutout victory over Carolina, who's the second best team in the Eastern Conference, only to be behind the best team in hockey, the Boston Bruins. So they've been, you know, the, the team to beat over in the Eastern Conference outside of the Bruins. And you guys shut them out. That all sounds nice, Igor. What you just said, but how how does it it doesn't look like the pressure is getting to you guys? You guys were loose and free at home. The crowd is into it. What what was this week? What was this week like for you guys? Yeah, uh, you said pressure. I don't think there's any pressure. I mean, I, you know, we have a lot of guys here, and uh, like a lot of a lot of younger guys. You know, guys playing their first games and stuff. Myself, you know, last month playing my first game, but you know, I think. Uh, I think we're in a great position right now. I think the other teams should have pressure. You know, we're uh, in the race with us. I don't think we should have any pressure. And, uh, you know, it, it, it has been fun. You know, all the guys have, had bought in into the systems and everything else. And I think that's why we're having success right now. What is the current pressure in the setting you're in right now, Igor, doing this interview for the Predators official podcast? You, you've got some teammates in there. What is the level of pressure right now doing this interview with the, your teammates staring at you and having to be quiet while you conduct this interview? 
Nah, they're not even listening. They're staring at their phones. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was an honest answer. Who's in the car with you? Uh, I got uh, got Jakey and I got Stas with me. All right. All right. Young young guns, all of us. (laughs) You do have the the young guys. Is it weird for you to say you got the young guys with you? (laughs) Uh, No, 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 no. Because I'm, you know, young myself, so. I know. So what are these... These 15 games in the National Hockey League, you, you know, I've talked to you in the past, Igor, this is ultimately, you know, you got drafted in the second round in 2019 by the Preds. This is where you've wanted to be. You've been here now for 15 games at uh, against the, the best players in the world. What has this experience been like for you? You know, it's it has been great. Definitely a blessing, you know, for me and, you know, something that every day, you know, waking up, going to the rink, working working hard, you know, it's something you dream of. And now being in this position, you know, obviously uh, thanks to coaches and uh, all the management for giving me this opportunity because, you know, it's truly a blessing and uh, I just want to take that opportunity and run with it. Yeah, but you're not just playing 15 games in the National Hockey League and now these huge games to end the season, Igor. You're on the fourth line. You're not doing that, no. No, you're on the top line with Cody Glass and Phil Tomasino. But, like that has to be cool to get in, get those top six minutes, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, especially the past like four, four or five games, I've been getting pretty good uh, amount of time on the ice. You know, getting quite a bit of chances and stuff uh, uh, at the you know at the offensive end, and you know, creating a lot of chances with with my line so that's good you know it's all all brings momentum and stuff what has it been like playing with those two what's the chemistry uh, been great. like it's great you know our chemistry been awesome too especially the past couple of games like obviously against carolina you know they're a tougher team to play against to be honest but uh you know other than that it was it was great like our i think our chemistry we know where we're gonna be you know and i think we feel each other pretty good Igor, you just mentioned you're in the car with with, uh, Spencer Stastny. Obviously, we know he just made his NHL debut. He talked about coming up into the lineup and already having familiarity because you guys have played together in Milwaukee. When you're down there with the Admirals, are you guys having these conversations about what it's going to be like when you get up and you're actually playing in the NHL? Uh, Yeah, obviously, you know, even like before my debut, like, I don't know, just sitting like, you know, if I'm uh, like, because we in our apartment building, we have like couple a uh, couple teammates living there, and you know obviously if we get together after game, we're just like we were like talking about it. Like it'd be super cool, you know, playing at Bridgestone, obviously playing at the other rinks around the league, uh, you know. And it was just something we we're like, oh, that that'd be very cool to be a part of. But now now it's a different goal, you know. Now it's it's a goal to be in a playoff. My my second question on top of that is. You grew up in Russia. You come to North America. What's your first thought when you arrive in Michigan? Uh, <laughs> first thought was, uh, that's a good question. I was actually, uh, I was with my mom uh, the first time I came to uh, USA, and they had those passport, like, you got to go through the passport control, and it was it was pretty scary, to be honest. Like, you know, you know the, the officers, uh, sometimes, you know, they, they gave that 
me and Luke and stuff, and I didn't I didn't know the I didn't know know the language yet. So me and my mom were kind of terrified, to be honest. <laughs> so you didn't know any English at that point. No, man. Like we uh, in Russia, we learn English, but. With with no practice, it's uh it's impossible to know it. Yeah, I knew you know I knew hi like how are you stuff like that, but nothing else really. I, I still remember I came to the locker room, uh, Los Angeles, uh, introduced myself. The guys were laughing, obviously, you know the accent and stuff. So so fun. We 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 talked with Pecorine, and he was telling us, you know, when he came over from Finland. He lived with a former defenseman, Kevin Klein, and he said, really, it was it was Kleiner who helped him kind of learn what being in America was like. So for you, has there been a teammate, you know, who's kind of helped you along the way to get to where you are now? Uh, I, I, I want to say, you know, a lot of people were nice to me, especially, uh, you know, my uh, in, I went to high school in Detroit. Uh, kids were really nice, too. They, you know, they thought it's pretty interesting that I came from, uh, you know, kind of another world. And... Uh, you know, I think uh, Brian Rolston too, my my coach, my first year. He's an NHL legend, and I think he he has helped me a lot. But you know, it's truly truly a lot of people along the way. Kara Igor was nice enough to do Smashville Live with Pete Weber and me not too long ago, and I had to admit to him that you know one of the things that shocked me because I unfairly stereotyped him because of my previous experiences with Russian players coming over here. I, I didn't think, you know, Igor could speak English very well. And the first time I met him, I was like, whoa, wait a minute, because Alexander Radilov, the first time he came over, he came in studio when I was doing a radio show and he came in and did an hour, luckily with Ryan Suter, Kara, because he helped a lot that hour because I learned quickly before we started that show, that Rads only knew about seven words and five of them were cuss <laughs> words, and we couldn't use that on the radio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's crazy. I, I mean, I'm obviously, you know, blessed that uh, I know the language and I learn it the way I know now. Uh, and, you know, a lot of a lot of that coming from school that I went, you know, in Detroit and then later in Muskegon. Uh, obviously, huge thanks to that, you know, to all the teachers. How did that conversation take place? Because obviously it's benefited you greatly, but that's also a big time step. But you did say your mother came with you, but how did that all go down, Igor, where you guys decided to pick up from your homeland and move to North America so you could try to pursue your career? Yeah, it's it's something, uh, I mean, it was something super unique, you know what I mean? Like, especially, especially with, uh, <clears throat> with all the changes. At first, but that's when I started. I started playing on the on the international level, and uh, sorry, just a little sounds uh, opening up the trunk. <laughs> uh, but but you know what I mean? Like it just it just I got the opportunity because it was an international stage and stuff. And uh, you know, some people approached me, approached my family, and uh, you know, invited us to, to come to uh, to United States for a tryout. And, you know, my mom was the one who was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that that's how it happened. Is the travel a little bit better at this level than in Milwaukee? 
Uh, I mean, definitely, you know, uh, uh, I'm not complaining about Milwaukee travel. They uh, treat us uh, pretty good down there, too. But, uh, you know, in NHL, you, you can't really compare it to different worlds for sure. The food is, is a lot better, though, isn't it? <laughs> a lot food, more choices. You know, we- yeah, we get the chocolate chip cookies, uh, warm ones on the plane. You know, you can't go wrong with those. Those are my favorite right now. No, the- I'm with you, Igor. Yeah. I'm a big yeah, I'm fan. Not, I'm not trying to eat too much, but uh, it's good. Who's your uh, Who's your seat partner? Have you been sitting with the same person? I had this conversation Wednesday night with uh, Tomasino and Jankowski at Smashville Live. Who Who is where, Where's your Who are you sitting with on the plane? Uh, I'm sitting with uh, Jakob Training. He just uh, the when, when the first trip uh, I uh, I came on, he had an opening, you know, fellow fellow Russian. So uh, just decided to sit with him so we can yap a little Russian on the plane. So you get to right, you get to feel like a little bit. You get to go back to your homeland, right, on the plane, and you guys get to speak uh, fluently to each other with what you're accustomed to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sometimes, because usually, you know, obviously we get on the plane after the game's so tired and stuff, just putting headphones on. But, you know, sometimes sometimes we talk and stuff. So what what has Yakov Trenin been telling you? Uh, yeah, obviously you get to, a chance to, to catch up with him uh, on this trip and, and these other road trips. What What is he telling you? He's a guy who's been in the league a little bit longer. Does he try to give you advice? Do you guys talk about home? What, what do you guys talk about? Yeah, you know, obviously some of the uh, – uh, sometimes I dig his brain a little bit too, you know, he's just uh, asking him uh, about his experience, you know, here and in NHL and how it is, you know, because it is it is a little bit different from uh, American League. And, uh, you know, just, just pick his brain there and there, but, uh, you know, usually joking around and stuff like that, you know. Who's got the best nickname on the team, Igor? Uh <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let, let me think real quick. I mean, uh, I heard Evangelista is uh, slowly getting the Prince of Nashville. I don't know if it's true. Oh, okay. Uh, I heard a couple, uh, couple of guys are saying, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I, so I have a funny nickname, too. Ego, e- the, the fans came up with it. You know, some guys calling me that. But, uh, you know, usually we call guys by, by a little... Nicknames, their last name, so yeah. nothing crazy. So, do you like Eagle? Yeah, I do. I do. I think it's cool. We, I was actually talking to Luca Vinzelisi about it on uh, one of the one of the studios we we came to. Yeah, it was. It, it's pretty good. I don't know. It just came out of nowhere and uh, kind of stuck, and I don't mind it at all. Uh, your fourth line was pretty uh, pretty impressive last night, and oh by the way, one of those guys uh, that basically. Uh, Almost see. I, I want to say it felt a lot better after his goal. Michael McCarron, big sexy. Now, Tomasino said on Wednesday night, Igor, that uh, he's responsible along with Matt Luff, who's no longer with the team. And I said, well, he's not on the team anymore, so you don't have to give Luff her credit. And he said, no, I need to give him credit. He claims that him and Matt Luff came up with big sexy that everybody calls McCarron. Yeah, big sexy. That's true. I haven't. I, th- I feel like it was a. Uh... Uh, I haven't heard it as much this season, but last season I remember it was all over social media and stuff. That's another good one, big sexy. Yeah, you know, I uh, can't go wrong with that either. That's that's another great one. Darren, we got another uh, a, a a fan question for you, Eager. I know you're still 
searching for your first NHL goal. And this man has predicted that it's going to come against Winnipeg tomorrow. Mm. And he wants to know, what's your planned Sully celebration? Uh, <laughs> to be honest, you know, it depends what kind of goal it's going to be because, uh, you know, if it's going to be a greasy rebound goal, you know, I'm just going to celebrate it with uh, my line mates. You know, I think nothing crazy, but if it's going to be a little prettier goal, uh, you know, might go down on one knee or something like that or hype off the crowd. We'll see. I li- By the way, I like that. Um, have you envisioned that first NHL goal? Have you thought about that, what it'll be like? Yeah, man, for sure for sure you do. You know, uh, I feel like it's, it's tough not to. That's, that's what we play for, you know, scoring goals, getting wins, you know, all that good stuff. So, obviously, you know, sometimes before you, you go to bed, you envision – Envision putting that puck in the net. Obviously, something, something, something I do for sure. What is it like, Igor, to know these last four games you guys can control your own destiny? I mean, with, with the game in hand, you can control your fate. I mean that that is actually a real option for you guys in these final four games. Yeah, uh, like I said, you know, when the, I think we're in a great position, and uh, it's. Oh man, I I think I think all the guys done an incredible job because you know obviously so many so many new players you know that uh, come along to this uh, organization you know new new players debuting and stuff but uh, I just I just think everyone bought in the system and uh, I think we got to keep going the same way and obviously just like you said those two games that are coming up are huge you know it's a I call those you know four point games because you take away points if you win from the other team so four points you know what I mean. No doubt. Um, Kara, we'll have to be watching closely if Phil, who submitted that question to us on hashtag AskPOP for Igor, if that comes true and his first NHL goal is Saturday night in Winnipeg, we'll remember that question from Phil, won't we? We will. We yeah. will. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, I feel but... like it, it, there's got to be, like, some some sort of superstition involved, right, Darren? Like, if this actually happens. So, I'm you know, I, I was listening to Sean Henry this morning on the radio. He was talking about superstitions of eating peanut M&Ms during the game. But I'm curious, Igor, do you have a superstition that you go into into the games with? Uh, you know what? I, I, I talked about it multiple times. I'm uh, trying to stay away from the, from stuff like that. I think because it's only sometimes if something goes wrong, it, it can go in your head. So, you know what I mean? I, I'm just trying to stay away from it and... Uh, Sometimes you know if, if something's working, and I'm just trying to stay with it, but nothing, nothing too crazy, you know what I mean? Where are you on the pregame hype level? I heard Darren <laughs> ask this the other night on Smashville Live. You, what, who was it, Darren? Somebody was right in between Tommy Novak and Michael McCarron. So, Igor, where do you fit in between those two guys? Yeah, it was Tommy was cool, you know, collected, and you know, down here, McCarron, big sexy's way up there, major hype guy. Where, where yeah. are you on that scale? I think I, I think I'm somewhere in the middle. You know, obviously, when we're warming up, playing a little soccer, uh, I'm kind of you know uh, uh, choking, laughing around. But as it comes to uh, game time, you know, I'm more of a just focused, you know, dial into the game. Not 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 like nervous and stuff, but just dial in, thinking about some uh, some moments, you know, some situations on the ice, uh, just getting stuff through my head. And, yeah, just like that. As we wrap this up, Igor, have you ever seen Tommy Novak 
just go crazy? I mean, you wouldn't know if he had zero points in a game or a hat trick. I mean, he looks the same every time. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I think I think uh, that's just the type of person he is. But you know, I got to respect that because I think uh, I think it's great mentally. You know, it doesn't doesn't matter if he scores two goals, you know, having two assists, or you know, maybe he doesn't play the game that he wants. He's always the same. I think I think it's something great that I can't. I can take away from uh, him as well, and I can learn from it, you know, because uh, you always hear, you know, great athletes, they're always always the same, doesn't matter if they're down or up. So I think it's something that we all can learn from. Well, I hope you guys stay up. Igor, this has been so much fun. I, I can tell you here in Smashville, everybody's going to be watching Saturday night. Everybody's going to be watching Monday night. These are two monster games and uh, we can't wait to see what it's like. Man, if you guys win those games and come back and those final two home games against Minnesota and Colorado, Bridgestone Arena, uh, Kara, I think they may blow – the fans may blow the roof off. It's going to be nuts. Hey, go, go ahead. Go <laughs> ahead. You know what I mean? I hope, I hope, I hope it's going to happen. You know, so good. We'll restore the roof and uh, come from that. <laughs> go yeah. get that first NHL goal. Go get some wins, and we'll see you when you get back. Definitely. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right. So much fun with Igor Afanasia. Really good as the team is getting ready. He's getting ready to board the plane, Kara, and they're going to head to a a very flat Winnipeg. (laughs) Flat as in the actual city is flat. Hopefully the team is flat on Saturday too. Okay. Good stuff from Igor Afanasia. We will take a quick break and we will come back. We'll answer some questions. We'll talk more about this team that that has everybody's attention right now as you listen to the Predators official podcast. Having a lot of fun here on the Predators official podcast, Darren McFarland and Kara Hammer. Special thanks to Igor Afanasyev. He's so much fun to talk to. So much He's fun. amazing. <laughs> I marvel. And I know I don't mean to keep talking about this, but I've... I've dealt with so many Russian players over the years that I just felt like I was blown away at just how well he speaks. Is I could never learn an, a language like that. I don't think. I mean, I've tried and I failed miserably, Kara. I took French in high school. I took Spanish in high school, and I was horrible. Clearly, you I know, don't speak it fluently. I was really blown away. Um, I had him in the first game. Uh, back at Bridgestone arena, obviously after the the devastating events at the covenant school. And he was my skate up interview and he was so thoughtful talking about how it was just more than hockey, that game and how they were playing for the patch on their sleeve when they were wearing, you know, the patch commemorating the covenant school and the victims there. And I was just blown away by the thoughtfulness in, in his um, interview. Yeah. I've met him. In in training, and I'll never forget it. In training camp, training camp slash preseason, and here is a young man. He just turned twenty two, and I just I harken back to the days when I was nineteen and twenty and twenty one and twenty two. And man, I just realized how, what a dodo brain I was. But but anyways, I I ran into him, and he came up to me. He shook my hand. He talked my head off, and he was as nice as can be. And I just was blown away by that experience. The next time I saw him, you're thinking like, okay, 
Carrie, he remembered who I was. And I was so impressed by that because at first I was like, he's just a really nice guy. He's just going around. He's, you know, caught up in the moment. He's shaking everybody's hand. He's doing the right thing. But he remembered me and talked about something we talked about. And I could not believe it. And I was so impressed by that because usually at that age, you know, you just, you're not that sharp. At least I wasn't on those type of experiences. I would have never been that savvy. And he was, he did that and I've never forgotten it. And uh, to your point, he is, he's very thoughtful in his answers. He, he definitely listens to what you're asking him and he thinks it through and answers it. That's so impressive at his age. Well, and I, I think it's not just him. I think there's, you look at this, these young players, Darren, on this roster, and they are all stepping up. And I've, I've been blown away, even, even though Luke Evangelista first star interview after that game. I mean, just their responses, their answers. And you have to be so excited about what's happening. We talked about them playing meaningful hockey right now at this point in the season. How big were you on Cody Glass against Vegas having the game-winning goal? First, I mean, I was just, I was cheering like crazy. First of all, Kara, I I told Tomasino at Smashville Live, you duped me. I thought you scored the goal because he went nuts. Tomasino went crazy and he sold it so well. I thought it was his goal. I didn't see what happened, and I thought I was just watching Tomasino's reaction, and I was like, you duped me. I thought you had the game winner because my first reaction was yes. He's Smashville Live's guest. Yes. He scored the game winner. And I was like, I got so excited. And then I realized, oh, wait a minute, that was Cody's. And it was a, you know, a weird play, obviously a wonky play. But yes, he gets credit for the goal. And how cool is it that, you know, he was the first ever draft pick by the Vegas Golden Knights in their franchise history. And he scored the winning goal. And who knows what we'll be talking about on the next POP, how critical that goal may have been. Uh, for the future of this team playing past the regular season, we have no idea how big those two points may end up being. I hope that they end up being critical in these final four games because, uh, yeah, it would be cool to talk back about Cody, Cody Glass being responsible for those two points against Vegas and ultimately this team punching their ticket into the playoffs. Well, and I think it was after that Vegas game, it was like a 1% chance, right, that yes. they were going to be in that last wild card spot. Then they come out and they beat Carolina on Thursday night. UC Soros, mega shutout, like playing lights out, standing on his head. And and then I just read this morning, 17.9% chance. So not high, but Darren, still a chance. I feel like, so I I have to ask you first because I'm not sure. I just assume, and I, I you can't assume. Have you seen the movie Major League? Yes. Okay, I just feel like, the vibe is this team has a cardboard cutout of David Poyle. And I don't want to be disrespectful to David Poyle, right? I'm just trying to reference the movie, you know, because this is an ownership group. There's not just one owner. And so I have to use the general manager as the example, because in the movie, it was the owner, right? The female owner. But in this case, we'll just use David. I feel like they have a cardboard cutout of David Poyle and they're peeling off pieces of, you know, his suit Every time they win, right? That's what it feels like. This team is on a mission. They're on a mission. And I talked with Coach Roch, or excuse me, Coach Richards. I, I always catch up with him during the second intermission. And one time I asked him, you know, about one of the young players. And he was like, it was Kiefer Sherwood. 
And just another example of these guys are coming up and they're playing because they want to prove that they deserve to be in the NHL. And I think that's what we are seeing night in and night out. They were skating their butts off last night against Carolina. And all these guys, they just want to be up here. And now they're playing meaningful hockey. And it's so fun to watch. How exciting were the crowds Tuesday and Thursday night? In the building. This, this I was there last night. I was in the crowd. You, I was that person. And that's why I'm asking you, right? Like the vibe is unreal. People are pumped for this team. They are getting behind what you're talking about. They're getting behind these young group of kids that everybody left for dead on March the 3rd. You know what? The trade deadline, once the, the Predators made all their moves, it, everybody was like, yep, yeah, okay, cross them off the list. And here we sit with four games to go, and they're one point out of a playoff spot. I went back and I looked. Actually, I thought the gap would be bigger, so I kind of let – that's a little hint for you. I went back and I looked at the standings because I wanted to look back at – what were the standings like on March the 3rd? Winnipeg – it was – ironically, Winnipeg was still in the same position that they're in today. They were in that last playoff spot. Do you know how many points the Preds were behind them? My guess is about 12. Kara, that's what I would, I would have said at 10, 11, maybe 12. I would have been in the same range as you. They were only six points back. So I was a little surprised by that. But at the trade deadline, I figured it would be like double digits, right? (laughs) But it was six points. But still, again, it was just six points. And yet still everybody, because they traded away Mikhail Granlin, right? Because they traded away Tanner Janot. Because I don't need to go on the list. Everybody knows the list of who they traded away at the deadline. Everybody just assumed, well, and then bodies started dropping as well. Everybody's like, yep, well, this season's over for the Preds. And it is amazing when you look at the lineup every night. I, I want to know in your preparation for these games when you see, uh, yeah, Spencer Stastny will be making his NHL debut. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. Then you go, oh, and tonight it'll be Jake Livingstone. He's playing college hockey at Minnesota State, which I thought was a fictional school because I remember watching the show Coach with Craig T. Nelson, who played the character Hayden Fox, and he coached the Minnesota State football team, and I always thought it was a fictional school. No, it exists. He goes to Minnesota State, and here he was <laughs> making his NHL debut last night for the Preds on that second D pairing. He, it's every night you look in there, and it's like a new person in the lineup. It, it is, and you know, I think a few weeks ago on the broadcast, we were talking that they had played three straight games with the same lineup, and you're like, oh my gosh, every night there's a new player, and you love all the stories too of these guys coming up and how they got here. Like Spencer Statsney had to. Uber from Grand Rapids to where to Chicago couldn't get on the flight. His family made it to Nashville. His mom told me she was here waiting for them to get here. He comes the morning of a noon game. Crazy. Against St. Louis. Mm -hmm. It's nuts. Yeah, it's, it's, but again, here we are. We're talking about, I mean, Ryan McDonough must feel like he's, 60 years old on this team, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's not, he's not playing like that. I'm saying like, when you think about skins on the wall and what he's done in the league and how long he's been in the league, I mean, he's got to look around and feel like at least 40. 
compared to these young pups, all these 21 and 22 year olds. But give a shout out to them, especially a lot of a lot of credit needs to go down to 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 Carl Taylor and what they're doing in Milwaukee to prepare these guys to come up and be able to compete at the level they're competing at. There's no doubt. Um, Again, I can't wait. Um, I can feel it. I can feel it from the fans. I you, you. you must have felt it last night. You, mu- you know, Tuesday night you could feel it. I, I think all eyes are going to be on this team Saturday night. I think it's going to be uh, people are going to be tuned in, whether it's radio or television. They're going to be tuned in to see what this team does. This is a monster game in Winnipeg, <laughs> and I, I actually believe. By the way, I made a prediction. I made a bold prediction on Tuesday on the radio show, and I just. Just goes to show you why I'm not very good at predicting. I predicted they were going to get three of four points on this mini homestand. How wrong was I? <laughs> I think I kept thinking, okay, if they could beat Vegas, they can do it. Okay, if they win this game against Carolina, this Canada trip is going to be massive. And now here we are, and just the anticipation I'm feeling on a Friday morning for what's about to transpire in Winnipeg, where Willie Donick has told me it's single digits, five degrees. You talked about it being flat out there, flat, cold. And here the boys are ready to go and, and hopefully get heat things up, right? Again, that, that means if it's five degrees in Winnipeg, they're excited. The temperatures are starting to warm up. That's great. <laughs> Good for them. It's five. Single digits this time of year, they'll probably take it. That's so cold. Yeah, but because yeah, I've been there when it's you know negative whatever, <laughs> negative fill in the blank. As your daughter, is she enjoying the pop? <laughs> there is, there is a baby who is enjoying the pop right now. She's she's just as excited as the rest of us. I I love it. See, there's another gauge, another to my point. Uh, your daughter is loving this ride just like everybody else. So let's. Let's answer a couple hashtag AskPOP questions before we get out of here. Remember, continue to submit those questions. We're really enjoying it, and we're willing to, uh, you know, give you a cool prize. Tickets to an upcoming game or an autographed item. We had Philip last week who asked some really good questions. And Phil lives in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So, Phil, thank you for listening. He said he loves the POP, and he chose... To come to to come to a game, he's going to be there for I can't remember if it's the Minnesota or I think it's the Colorado, the last game of the regular season. He said it's about a six hour drive, and uh, he's going to make the trek. So, thanks again for those questions. So, how about this one? This comes from Renee, hashtag Ask Pop, and Renee says, "Thank you for continuing this awesome podcast." With the number of new guys on the team right now. How much support slash advice are the veterans, including those who are injured, providing? And then she said, I'll hang up and listen, which is a fun uh, old radio reference. Well, I think, um, hey, thank you, Renee, for the kind words. We appreciate that. But we've caught up with some of the young guys, and they've all gone back and said, you know, Matt Duchesne has really kind of guided them along the way. I know that Ryan Johansson is injured. I've seen him at every game since, you know, having his surgery. So I think 
the veteran players are still around these young guys, hopefully still leading them along the way. But then we kind of joke that Igor, who's, you know, only been up for, a you know, a, a 15 games. Mm-hmm. He's, he's leading the young guys who are coming up. You know who else? By the way, McDonough, that, that's really good. McDonough, uh, you know, is a part of that. Guys like Sissons are a part of that. So those are guys that have been in the league for a long time. But you're right. Um, a lot of them you can see also in the makeup of these young guys. I feel that way about Tomasino. I don't know if you feel that way or not, Kara, but I just feel like Tomasino is going to be one of those guys in the room that's going to be a leader. I'm not saying right now. I'm saying I can see that the future is bright, and they're go- he is going to be one of those guys that they're going to go to. Uh, he'll be a leader in that room one day. I can just that's that's my sense of being around him. And just looking at the makeup of him, I just feel like he is a future leader uh, in that room. Yeah, I agree with you. I think um, I think him. I also think Cody Glass. I feel like when the guys come out, you just you hear them talking. But Darren, also, we can't go past the captain either, Roman Yossi, and what he still does to lead this group. And they just do things the right way. Okay, we got a little bit over a minute or so, Kara. So let's hustle through this last question. This comes from Sean. Hashtag Ask POP. Who's been the best player to interview in your time with the team? Um, just someone that's made you forget this is your job and feels just like talking to an old friend. Wow, this is that's a hard one to answer in a short amount of time, but I'll let you start. Wow, you know what? I would have had to probably say Matias at home. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's a great one. Uh, Matias is was a unbelievable interview and of course part of that trade deadline um the factor that we talked about he was on that list and that was a huge blow uh to that decor those blue liners but he was an unbelievable guy to talk to whether it was good or bad i i have forged so many great relationships over the years just recently uh a guy that was in the room uh, a former bread crazy legs craig smith i used to have some awesome conversations with um Kara, I always enjoyed my chats with him. I could talk to him about anything. He loved fishing and, you know, Wisconsin football and Wisconsin sports. And he was, you know, he was a guy that would listen to sports talk radio here. So we had some really good chats over the years. So that that's one, but I could, I could name so many. So really good question there from Sean. That will do it for another installment of the Predators official podcast. It's going to be fun. I can't wait to see what we're talking about next for Pat and Cook. For Kara Hammer, for Igor Afanasyev, I'm Darren McFarland. We'll talk to you next week.